0: This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call and all future calls, you may begin speaking now.
1: Are you in love? Do you feel it in your stomach? Does it twist and turn and scream and burn and start to make you cry, but you like it? don't want to let it slip away does it stretch into your throat until you don't know what to say does it hold you under its pillow in the night it kills you with its passion and its endless beam of light when you see yourself in the future frail and gray who do you want beside you when you wake to start your day yeah it's extreme i know what you're gonna say i'm being too dramatic but this feeling feels this way. Are you in love? Do you feel it in your spine? Shaking, waking, tearing, breaking, taking a sweet time. But you want it. Yeah, you need it to breathe. You never sure of what is pulling from its sleeve. If you said yes to all the things above, then yes, my friend. I'm sorry. It appears you're in love. The following episodes contain graphic description of sexual assault and violence, which some listeners may find disturbing. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is Wetlock, my true unscripted chronicles as a prison wife. Join me on my journey as I bring you crazy stories, informative facts, updates on my husband, advice from my family and friends, and special guests giving their true life stories on the prison system. This is not your average love story. Welcome to Wetlock. Before we jump into the episode, I want to give a small disclaimer. My bonus episodes are for inmates and their families to discuss their experiences within the prison system. Who I choose to interview is taken extremely seriously. Myself and my research team work diligently to bring concrete facts that we have researched. I am not here to take sides nor judge. Everybody has a right to exercise their voice just as much as I have the right to express my opinions, both legal and personal. I do not tolerate any form of disrespect I would not be bullied, nor harassed, threatened, nor condone any violent statements to intimidate or insinuate acts of violence. I do not intimidate easily. I would also like to note that I am protected by my First Amendment rights, which can be found within the Bill of Rights. Hey, guys, and welcome to bonus episode 12 part one i first want to start off and say thank you thank you thank you big thank you to all my new listeners and all my new subscribers thank you guys for all the support spreading the word tuning in listening subscribing downloading everything thank you guys so 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 much it means the world to me um I had no idea. I had no idea where this journey was going to take me. All I knew is that I wanted to tell this amazing story between myself and my husband. And within telling this story, I wanted to just make it as real, as raw, as unscripted, as uncut as possible. I wanted to talk about the obstacles, the good, the bad, the ugly Um Trying to remove a lot of the negative layers that you that you hear when you start talking about prison relationships. I wanted to be a voice of encouragement, of love, of strength, um, of healthy relationships within the prison system. That was what my plot was. That was all that I knew I was set out to do. But along the way on this journey, some things happened. Um some pathways opened up and I am truly grateful and truly honored to be able to use my platform for the voiceless, for the inmates and their families to tell their stories of the injustices that they, they faced and that they are facing now. Um, myself and my research team, we work so hard and we take it so seriously and um, of telling these stories, you know, we try to get as much as we can, do as much investigating, as much research as we can to to handle these stories with care. And I am just grateful. I'm just totally grateful that my platform has been chosen to tell these stories. Um, And they are very overwhelming. Let me just say, I actually needed to take last week off so that i could just get my emotions together um a lot of these stories are extremely overwhelming they're very triggering um completely upsetting and they will take a toll on you so i needed some tmi which i call time meditation and inner peace so that i could understand my journey figure out my journey and um just see where God is trying to lead me within this podcast. So again, thank you guys so much to the families out there. The, um, the, the, uh, the inmates who are trusting me to do this. Thank you so much for allowing my platform and myself to be able to tell these stories because these stories definitely need to be heard. Um, Season two, guys, will be starting April 9th. I had to push it back due to the fact that I needed to take some time to myself. But guys, guess what? Not only will season two be starting April 9th, it will be my three months that Wetlock Chronicle podcast has started. So we will be turning three months April 9th as well. And I am completely stoked about that now guys um another thing that i want to throw in there is about the subscriptions um due to the fact that the structure and the format of the podcast has changed so has the subscription so because of the fact that these stories are so imperative and need to be heard all of the bonus episodes will be available to listen for free just as well as all of the other normal episodes the exclusive content exclusive content for subscriptions will basically be exclusive episodes with myself and my husband the duffies it will also be um early access and you'll have exclusive um content to pretty much everything that will not be on the normal episodes, guys. So it will be exclusive, exclusive, exclusive all the way around. And that content is available on the Apple Podcast platform. It is $4.99 a month, $55 a year, and will be worth every dollar. So again, guys, please subscribe. $4.99 a month, $55 a year. Your girl is worth it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Again, season two starts April 9th. Wetlock Chronicles podcast will be turning three months old. I'm about to say years, three months old. And I am happy. I am happy because I had no idea where this journey was going to take me. Um, but next week, we'll be getting back on track, guys. You know, as I told you, I needed that time. So next week, all the episodes will fall in place as they should. Um, So today, guys, on bonus episode 12, part one, I will be interviewing Ashley Morgan, who is now serving time for an altercation that took place on June 4th, 2020. Ashley and her boyfriend, John Kite, along with Brooklyn, her daughter, Chad, uh, Brooklyn's former boyfriend, and Brianna, Chad, and Brooklyn's friend, jump, into, jump in the car to go with Ashley to talk to Chris, a actual tattoo shop owner and artist, about an accusation that was made against him by Brooklyn, who at the time was 14. i like to add that Ashley and Chris have known each other for years. As a mother of a 14-year-old, hearing that your daughter was violated by a trusted adult would be a very good and understandable reason to confront anyone. But this day unfolded in a way nobody seen coming. So we're going to jump into my interview with Ashley Morgan. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Thank you guys for joining me on this amazing journey. This is bonus episode 12, part one. The Nassau County Sheriff's Office announced Friday that its detectives are looking for two persons of interest who may have information about a shooting that happened at the parking lot of a tattoo shop. The two persons of interest have been identified as Ashley Blair Morgan, 36, and John Michael Kite, 37, both of Faradena Beach. According to the Sheriff's Office, on Wednesday around midnight, the owner of the Freebird Tattoo and Yulee was closing his shop. When a car drove into the parking lot and five people got out, two adults, three juveniles. When the business owner saw them, he went back into the business and grabbed a gun, NCSO said. The sheriff's office said there had been an ongoing feud with several individuals, both adults and juveniles. A man from the car got out. Both he and the owner began shooting, deputy said. As the individuals who had got out the car ran back to it, one of the juveniles was struck in the leg, NCSO said. When deputies arrived to the area, the tattoo shop owner was found on the sidewalk and had been shot in the torso and the left wrist. He told deputies he ran next door to hide at Celebration Assembly Church and then came back. NCSO said he was taken to a hospital in Jacksonville. Deputies said they also received information that a juvenile male who had been shot and possibly involved in the incident arrived at Baptist Hospital in Jacksonville. The alleged shooter in the car was dropped off at an unknown location in Faradina area and the driver took the juvenile who was shot to Baptist Hospital in Jacksonville, NSCO said. Yulee, Florida, June 9th, update. The Nassau County Sheriff's Office said both persons of interest turned themselves in on Monday, three days after deputies announced they were searching for them. They were interviewed by detectives and arrested. NCSO said John Michael Kite faces charges of attempted murder, possession of a weapon by a convicted felon, and child neglect. Ashley Blair Morgan also faces charges of attempted murder and child neglect. As you guys know, I have started a support group, Fed Up Wives, supporting wives of incarcerated federal inmates. This is a nonprofit organization set to help both emotionally and mentally, but financial as well. To contact Fed Up Wives, please email fedupwives.org at gmail.com. The contact number is 404-927-8011. Please like and join the Facebook page, Fed Up Wives Organization. You guys have supported me, and now it is time for me to support you. Now back to the show. Um, Tell me, like how did this start like like did it start from brooklyn coming to tell you like as a mom what did that feel like like just kind of put me put me in your shoes as best as you can from from where it all began
0: okay so really it started you know if if you really look at it, it started a few weeks or a month before everything actually happened brooklyn had started um She was just really depressed, like, she was very off. Um, She had started cutting, something Mm. was wrong. Like, I knew something was wrong with her. Like, I'm, I'm a mother, like, I'm close to all my children and just something was off and I kept asking her, like, you know, what's going on, like. Um, my kids have went through counseling in the past, and we need to get, you know, let's go talk to your counselor. She just would not talk. And normally she is very open with me about everything, and, and I just could not get it out of her. Mm-hmm. So that had been going on for, you know, a couple couple weeks to a month. And um, the day of the actual incident, um, I, me and John had went to Walmart to go grocery shopping he had wound up leaving with someone else. I, went, I was going back by myself. Um, when I got home, Brooklyn, Bree, Chad, and Landon, they were in their driveway. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, they got outside all the time and didn't think nothing of it. So I'm putting groceries away and one of the times I come out, I see this SUV. It's a couple of driveways down and I see a girl getting out, like a teenage girl. But, you know, my mom, I'm not really thinking nothing about that. I'm thinking it kids fighting with their family or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And just dropping her off. i like, so go back inside. I'm you know, putting up more nurse and um, when I come out, okay, so there's this elderly, not elderly, but this older woman with a phone video and Brooklyn screaming, you know, the kids are screaming. Bree and the girl are on the ground fighting each other and the grandma, you know, like, hindsight, the grandma's videoing it, and basically, Brooklyn was trying to, like, break it up or jump in or whatever, so the grandma, what I came out to is the grandma yelling at her, oh, if you touch her, I'm gonna call the police, and I'm like, lady, if you don't get the fuck out of my yard, I'm gonna call the police. Get her and get out of my yard. What you all got going on? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get the fight broken up, whatever, the girl leaves. Bree and Brooklyn Chad and Landon are still there, and I'm like, what just happened? What's going on? So, they come in, you know, they help me finish the task, putting away groceries. They're telling me that, um, okay, Gabby and Bree, they were both messing with this boy that was like 19 at the same time. Now, Gabby
1: so Gabby is Gabby Chris's is, daughter.
0: Okay, Yeah, he calls her Felicity. The kids call her Gabby. She's the same person. Okay. Okay. So, then the girl that came and got into a fight was Chad's ex-girlfriend. Her name is Jillian.
1: So, Chad's ex-girlfriend, who I'm going to assume is grown, came to fight a teenager.
0: She was 16 at the time. You know, you got to think, at this time, Chad was 16. So
1: the, so the okay, 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 okay. okay. So Chad, okay. And they were thirteen. Okay, okay, um, okay. Brooklyn and her
0: friend were thirteen, and the girl was sixteen. Okay. So they, they, which that didn't make sense to me because I'm like, well, why was she fighting Brie instead of Brooklyn? So the more they talk, they're like, oh, you know, people have been threatening to come here with guns. She's saying this, like, blah blah blah. You know, like all this stuff. I'm like, none of that is like y'all aren't making sense to me. You know what I'm saying? At first, I was like, you know what, this is just some teenager drama. Like, I don't even want to hear about it because I make my kids handle their own issues, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm like, figure it out. If people come here with us, we'll handle that. But other than that, girls shouldn't be fighting over a boy. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, get it together. Y'all know better than that. Mm-hmm. So we leave, and we're in the car, and it's, just you know, me, Chad, Brooklyn, Bree, and Landon, and I'm going to take Landon out to his friend's house we passed the tattoo shop as we're going out there and Brooklyn, you know, got kind of weird. I noticed she got quiet. We drop off Landon and then when we're leaving Landon's house, she's like, mom, I gotta tell you something. You're gonna be upset. And I'm like, what's up? And I'm thinking it's more about this drama. And she was like, "Um, well, the real reason why me, cause, oh, also too, I forgot to say, Felicity slash Gabby, whatever, she was in the front seat of a vehicle that came to fight, but she just never got out. Okay. She was there the whole time. Okay, so she was like, the reason why we're fight, like, you know, a lot of reasons why we're all fighting is because um, Gabby's going around saying I'm a whore and all this stuff, and Jillian and all of them, they're calling me a whore. She's like, um, Gabby's telling them, or she was like, she told me about, you know, the... She was like, the night, she's like, do you remember the night that I spent the night with Gabby and we were at Chris's shop and I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, I didn't tell you that. We didn't really stay at her Mimi's house that night. We stayed at the shop with Chris. And she was like, um. so uh, we talked to him and said, giving me a tattoo or whatever. And she was like, the whole time he was like, you sure you want this? What are you going to do for it? And she's like, yeah, of course I want it. And then she's, like, when he started, uh, or she said, you know, they were drinking, that uh, they were smoking weed. Like, Chris had been telling him all, those, all these stories about himself. And, like, whenever he started giving her the tattoo, she got it in between her lips. He, She said that he, like, stood in between, like, had her spread her lips and stood in between her. And was, like, licking his lips and stuff and, like, you know, like, biting his lips, talking <sighs> to her. i like you know inappropriate stuff and then once he got finished with the tattoo um he started like rubbing her thighs like rubbing you know up to like her vagina and rubbing on her stuff and honestly at that point that was like as much as I could handle like that's all yeah
1: because my face is screwed up right now listening to this story
0: right (sighs) so honestly I stopped her there and I told her like we're going to get you someone to tell this to, but I, I just, I'm going to need a minute. Um, and you guys think, too, there's teenagers in the car, so so I just sit there for a few minutes. I'm like, okay, so what else? And she's like, well, at the end of everything, I ran out of the tattoo shop, and I was crying, and Gabby came out there with me, and, you know, we were sitting in his car crying. She was crying with me. And he was mad, so he made us sleep in the car that night. And then he woke us up really early the next morning and dropped us off to her grandma's. I'm like, okay. So, and she's like, because of that, Gabby's telling everyone that I said her dad was cute. So that gave him consent to do everything he did to me. And I'm a whore and I'm, you know, I'm a sweat and everything. And so like their little friend group is, you know, get, like, picking sides, basically. Like, mm-hmm. some of them are on Gabby's side, some of them are on Brooklyn's side. And, because you know, there's, like, a large group of them. There's, like, 12 of them. Mm-hmm. And during COVID, so they're all out of school, and they're all, like, hanging out, and, you know what I'm saying? So, damn, teenage girls in drama, and they're picking sides, and they're messaging saying this. And so, I guess, Brooklyn's camp is threatening Gabby's camp, and Gabby's camp is threatening Brooklyn's camp. And at the end of it... I know, the one thing she did show me is this boy had messaged her a picture of a gun and was like, my sister's 19, she's gonna beat your ass. Like, I'm gonna kill y'all, blah, blah, blah. And I just told Brooklyn, like, don't even respond to that shit. Like, if a 19 year old comes for my 13 year old, like, I'm gonna handle that, don't even worry about it. Right. For the rest of it, like, just don't even, like, don't feed into it, don't respond to it. Like, whatever. Okay. So, I'm driving home now at this point. John was gone, so when we get home, John's there, and he's in the shower. So, we're, like, you know, coming in the house. He's getting out of the shower. He sees Brooklyn's first, and she's upset. She's been crying. And John's, like, their dad, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're very close with him. So, he's talking her. He's like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, what's going on? And he's like, um... I honestly wasn't there, so I don't know what she told him, but I know she told him and, you know, like, something else, he comes to me and is like, what's going on? Like, what's up with this shit? Blah, blah, blah. Well, as we're talking, Bree comes in with her phone and was like, um, Gabby just messaged and said that her and her dad's up at the shop and um, we can we can go up there or whatever. We can go talk to them. So I'm like, all right, bet. let him know that I have some things I need to speak to him about and... I will be, you know, on my way or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, after that happened, um, I'm telling John, like, y'all just stay here, cause I'm, I'm like, I got this or whatever. And he's like, hell no, because at that point, Chris had already came to our house once, he had slapped Chad, like, he had done some things. He's like, I'm not <sighs> gonna let you go up there with this grown man, like, there's no telling what he can do to you, like, no. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, I've known him forever. Like, it ain't gonna be nothing like that straight. Like, stay here with the kids. I got it. And he was like, no, I'm not letting you go. John just got, like, this, like, I don't know. He always just be getting feelings about me. He's like, I got a bad feeling about it. You ain't going along. So.
1: Which I'm glad he got that that feeling because no telling how the event would have played out if he wasn't there. Right. (sighs) So,
0: then, um. He's like, you know, this is about Brooklyn. We're going to bring Brooklyn. And then Chad's like, if Brooklyn's going, I'm going. And so we can't leave Brie home alone. She's the only person there. So we all go, and we're driving up there or whatever. And I'm just quiet because I'm the same person whenever I'm mad about something. I just sit quiet. Yeah, like, like I do John's the same thing. I too because he knows, don't push me whenever I'm in that mood like that. He knows. He know, he's just, like, rubbing my leg or whatever. Like, he's just chilling. And the kids are back there, like they're listening. They're they got the um, I got the type of radio that they hook up with their phone mm-hmm. and just choose whatever so they're listening to music, chilling. Yeah, so
1: Chad said it stopped, was. You know what I'm saying. Chad said it was pretty relatively quiet. He was like, he don't even remember, like what yeah, was like, said. Yeah.
0: like we were just chilling, while you know what I'm saying, right up there, like it was nothing, and we didn't like we had no idea like what we were fixing to come into. So, we get to the tattoo shop, and the way the parking lot set up, it's one way in, one way out, and it's small. So, me, I'm thinking, I pull, like, I'm saying, like, across the parking lot. Like, Chris is outside, so I see him. So, I pull the parking lot across the parking lot, thinking, like, that'll give him time to, like, see us and, you know, start talking and start, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just felt like it would be better. So, I pull in you got to think, I have a car I have at this time is a, is a stick shift. Mm-hmm. So as I'm, you know, pulling the e-brake, getting out, um, Chad and Brooklyn, they start getting out of the back and Breeze getting out. John's still sitting there. So bam, I'm seeing out my rearview mirror as I'm, you know, parking and stuff. I'm seeing Chris run inside, but he had his dog. So I'm thinking, you know, he's got a pit bull. So I'm thinking he's going to go ahead and put up his dog that way... You know, it's not night. She might react, whatever, with people. So I see him running inside, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm thinking. So I go, you know, I'm going ahead and get out, calmly getting out. Bam. By the time I take two steps to the back door, the back passenger door, shots are coming at me. Shots are already fired. Um, I'm looking for the kids, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking to see where the kids are at. I see Chad coming back, and I see the girls running. To, like the front of the car or whatever and um, after that like you know what I'm saying I just see Chris is like shooting at us I'm um, screaming like I'm telling John like like why is he shooting at us why is he shooting at us and you know what I'm saying like wow. it's all happened that fast damn damn wow. so I'm saying um, after that happened, um, you know, we all, we're all getting back in the car and like everyone pretty much got back where they were sitting at. So John was in the passenger and Chad was right behind and then Brooklyn was in the middle and then Bree was behind me. So we're getting in the car and they're screaming and, um, Chad's like, mom, I'm hit. I'm hit. I'm like, what? And he's like, mom, I'm hit. So I'm telling Brooklyn, like. Um, give him a shirt give him a shirt like telling her to like, Tied uh, leg. Leg mm. shirt and tie it on his leg tie it up his shirt and then John's like I'm hit too and I'm like what and he's like cause you know he's been calm like he doesn't say nothing he's like I'm hit too I'm hit too. oh he was hit and too yeah John got shot Um, John got shot in his thigh on one side and his arm he got shot in his arm on the right side, and he got shot on his left thigh. So the way he was sitting, I could see the blood coming through his jeans on his where his thigh got shot. <clears throat> but you know it was dark, and my car don't have like good interior, like so I couldn't see. You know he was holding his arm, so I couldn't see the I couldn't see the arm. Right. The but it wound up going. In one side and out, the other side through his, like, through, uh, like his, um, like the top of his arm, you know what I'm saying? Like, the last of his arm. Okay. And, um, Chad, his, went through his shit, got shot through his shit. So, bam, um, the kids are already, like, uh, this little boy was, like, messaging them and saying that, like something about the
1: gunshots, and I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying
0: to get out of there to be honest with
1: you. Like, I'm just trying to get out of there. And, 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 um, and so, you know, trying to figure out- so I'm um, that was, I, first of all, I did not know John was shot. Second of all, you guys were ambushed, like, right. totally, totally ambushed, and I just don't. Understand why this man was not charged for shooting? He hit a kid. He shot a child.
0: Yeah, child was sixteen at the time. Child was sixteen years old, and <sighs> I know they kept questioning me. Okay, so we we leave. Um, they like this is fast forward, but so I guess when Chris calls nine one one. Chris says at first that John, and he, you know, he does say John's trying to, but he says that Chad got out of the car with a, with a gun also, and he wrestled the gun away from Chad, and the gun that he used to fire at us was the gun that Chad had.
1: So oh, wow. They're,
0: like, thinking about giving Chad charges because
1: of, of what he said.
0: said. And I'm, like, they keep questioning me, like, you know, I wouldn't speak about the incidents, but I did say no child ever did anything wrong. Did Chad shoot? No, like I said, no, Chad did not shoot anything. He was never armed. No child was ever armed. They never had weapons, Like I don't understand what you can't grasp of this. Chad was an innocent victim. Like he didn't do nothing. Like why are y'all coming at him, you know? And um, yeah, so apparently they, and the, in the initial stages of this, they were trying, they were, you know, thinking about putting charges against Chad. I'm like, he's a little boy that got shot and y'all are going to try to further fuck with his life. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, like, absurd to me. So, yeah, on the um, Chris says all of that, and, and he's like... You have one minute remaining. Oh, man, this is like 30 minutes. But he starts saying how he ran to this church and everything well it comes out that he he threw the gun so the police found it and the gun was actually registered to his brother
1: oh the the mysterious gun that belonged to chad was his brother's
0: right it was registered to chris's brother so you know what i'm saying he just lied all the way around like that's what i've never understood like they're like, oh, you know, we're in the wrong because we didn't call 911. Well, I went straight to a hospital with a child and spoke to police there, but he lied on 911. He lied to y'all initially. Like, he lied and lied and lied and continued to lie all the way through trial, but nothing's ever happened to him.
1: So now, guys, I'm going to share my thoughts. As I continue my research and my interviews, I'm learning that there are so many layers to this story that won't be covered in just one interview. My very first interview with Ashley barely, 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 barely scratched the surface. The details of the assault against Brooklyn a 14-year-old girl is sickening and completely had my brain on fire because I cannot and I will not be able to comprehend why nothing has ever been done about what this 14-year-old girl endured. John Kite is a hero who the system and the media has turned into a villain. Does Nassau County not understand that five people could have been killed on June 4th, 2020, and the only reason, the only single reason... Is because John Kite's instinct to protect kicked in. Why is this man free? Why isn't anyone talking about why a mom, her boyfriend, and three kids would come up to a business to confront this man? They didn't put three kids in danger. He did. Why? Why isn't anyone... Sitting back saying, why would a woman, a mother of a 14-year-old daughter, bring three children with her to have a melee, to have a shootout? Like, it doesn't make sense. Why isn't anyone talking about the real reason this entire situation took place? I will conclude my thoughts with this. My heart breaks for John. This is what unfair justice looks like. Due to the law, yes, John being a convicted felon with a firearm is punishable. Due to him being on probation also comes with repercussions. But saving four lives goes unnoticed. Although Florida stand your ground outlies nor retreat and he has the legal right to protect those in danger. This story is just beginning to unfold, guys. And I hope you guys continue to stay tuned um, and continue listening as I pull back the layers of this horrible incident. Part two, I will be talking to Brooklyn, guys, and I just I'm asking you to just be prepared. Um, it is extremely triggering um as she talks about her recollection of that day um it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot but I thank you guys for tuning in I thank you guys for um being on this journey with me if you like to share your story or your loved one's story please email me at wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com thank you again guys this is bonus episode 12 part one A stand your ground law, sometimes called line in the sand or duty to retreat law, provides that people may use deadly force when they reasonably believe it is to be necessary to defend against deadly harm, great bodily harm, kidnapping, rape or in some jurisdictions, robbery or some other serious crimes. Under such a law, people have no duty to retreat before using deadly force in self-defense. So as long as they are in place where they are lawfully present, the exact details vary by jurisdiction. The alternative to stand your ground is duty to retreat In states that implement a duty to retreat. Even a person who is unlawfully attacked or who is defending someone who is unlawfully attacked may not use deadly force if it is possible to instead avoid the danger with complete safety by retreating. Even duty to retreat states generally follow the castle doctrine, under which people have no duty to retreat when they are attacked in their homes or in some states in their vehicles or workplaces. The Castle Doctrine and the Stand Your Ground Law provides legal defense to persons who have been charged with various use of forced crimes against persons, such as murder, manslaughter, aggravated assault, and illegal discharge or banishing of weapons, as well as attempts to commit such crimes. 38 states are Stand Your Ground states. 30, by statutes, providing that there is no duty to retreat from an attacker in any place in which one is lawfully present. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Carolina, north dakota ohio oklahoma pennsylvania south carolina south dakota tennessee texas utah west virginia and wyoming puerto rico is also a stand your ground of these at least 11 include may stand his or her ground language alabama florida georgia idaho kansas kentucky louisiana oklahoma pennsylvania south carolina and south dakota pennsylvania limits the no-duty-to-retreat principle in situations where the defender is resisting attack with deadly force. Okay, so your mom texted me and she told me that um she had spoke with John and he is um feeling good about, you know, talking to me or whatever. But she said she thinks in the beginning that he was kind of more so, like, on some macho, you know, manly stuff or whatever. I don't think he, not that he didn't want to talk, but I think, like, probably how everybody else thinks, like, maybe what's the point. I'm not really sure. But she said that she talked to him, and um, he said that he was, you know, God he was okay. very reliant on me, so he
0: pretty much is, like, you know, even when we're out, like, i like i have to set out his clothes for the day i have to say bills. i have to do all that stuff so that's why that's why i told my mom i think like he needs to understand that people need it from his viewpoint like i could speak for him all day but it's not going to do the same thing as hearing it from him his mouth
1: you know? right thank you guys for joining me on yet another part of my journey To follow this podcast, you can find it on Facebook and Instagram under Wetlock Chronicles Podcast, Twitter Wetlock Podcast, and be sure to subscribe to the show's YouTube channel by clicking the link in the show's description. To get updates on season two, live episodes, discussion forums, and much more, visit wetlockchronicles.com. You can also get the link to sign the petition for Matthew Baker Jr. within the show's description. Thank you guys again for joining me. Please stay blessed, stay safe, and welcome to Wedlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Radio, or wherever you get your podcast.